Dude, this angular stuff's like so bodacious. For reals, it's like way rad. I ain't joshing you. It's totally gnarly, dude. Friends, that right there is a little example of 80s Californian language. Now, if you're building an Angular application that has content completely written in 80s Californian language, and you want to, I don't know, say translate that into something that, well, everybody from this current generation can, can totally understand, well, that's where this IE18N language stuff comes into play. And we're going to be covering that on today's episode. So welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. And joining us today as panelists, we have Austin McDaniel. Austin, what's going on? How's it going, everybody? We got uh, Mike Brocky with us. Mike Brocky, what's going on? Not too much. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Another Tuesday. Another Tuesday. And guest today, we got uh, Olivier Cohn joining us. Olivier, how's it going? Hey, guys. And we have Victor Berche with us. Victor, how's it going? Yeah, very good. Hello, everybody. <laughs> All right, cool. So we're going to be talking IE18N. We're going to be diving into that and seeing how that works, uh, how it comes along with Angular and that sort of thing. Before we do that, let's uh, talk a few things about some conference announcements. Uh, here, we we absolutely love conferences. You know, as, as you might know, one of the biggest things of our Angular ecosystem is the community that's around it. And conferences give us that opportunity to network and meet face-to-face -face with all these amazing people that are in our community and, and bond and, and talk Angular. Um, so some great conferences coming up. We've got Angular Up that's here in the next couple of days. So we're really looking forward to uh, the stream of tweets and all the write-ups that are going to come out of the attendees and people attending that, sharing their experiences. So we could live vicariously digitally from a distance away. Check that out. Uh, Angular Camp, it uh, looks like there's some tickets still available for that next month in Barcelona, Spain. You need to check them out at angularcamp.org. Uh, to see all the awesome that is the Angular community-driven event of the summer. And there's a new one in the uh, circuit here, uh, NG Atlanta. That's coming up, NGATL for short. And NG Atlanta is a new Angular conference being held in Atlanta, Georgia, in the United States from January 30th to February 2nd of 2018. And with a focus on diversity, inclusion, and Angular, NG Atlanta is going to have workshops and conference tracks covering all the things you want to know in Angular. And you, uh, tickets are on sale now. I believe there's early bird pricing, and you can even use the coupon code Angular Air, all one word. Uh, might be capital A Angular, capital A Air. I don't know if it's case sensitive, but it's all one word, Angular Air. You can get additional 10% off, and I believe that applies to the early bird pricing as well. Um, find out more at ng-atl.org, and you need to check out their speaker lineup because it is amazing. There's so many awesome people that are going to be Talking at that, I'm really looking forward to being there and, and experiencing that event. Uh, you should be too, so check it out. All right, let's uh, get into things. I18N. Um, so, what is it all about? So why don't you give us a rundown? Anybody give us a rundown what what this is? So, um, I18N stands for internationalization, and it's um, a lot of uh, different things that you can use to translate your application. So you've got um, the basic stuff like translations, and you have a uh, date pipe, and you can have uh, currencies and stuff like that. So um, you might have heard also of uh, L10N, which is localization, uh, which is a bit more uh, than what 
ATN is because you will um, you will also have um, stuff that are local to uh, the people you are making the website for. Uh, for example, um, you can use localization if you are targeting young people or I don't know um, just some part of the communities. Um, but uh, Angular only helps with IATN. Okay, and so we're talking the ability to translate like um, labels and text that are within our application or content to or kind of everything. So right now uh, with Angular, you can only translate your templates. And um, so you, you add uh, the IATN attribute on your, on your elements. And then you use the extraction tool that we provide. And it will uh, create a translation file. And then you, you send this to your translators. They give it back to you. And then you, um, you use uh, NGC. Uh, you can do it in, in JIT as well. But usually, you use NGC for AOT uh, to load the translation. And it will generate a build of your application in this language. So right now, you have to build your application in each language. Uh, this might change later. but so. For the moment, it's uh, it's mandatory. Okay, so the use case concept here is that I've got an application or website that I'm building in Angular, and it's written the text is in one language, and I want to provide support for other languages for other people that come to my application and experience that um, in a language that's more native for them. And so I want to be able to have a way to architect that in my application. And Angular provides a way. And let's get into this of, of how it is as part of the platform or, or separate module or whatnot um, to do that kind of plumbing and structuring so that I can collect this. I can, I can take my application. I can say, hey, here's these pieces that I want to have swap out and change for this different language. I need to collect those give them to a translator or somebody that will convert that into the, the language or languages, and then I would bring that back in and, and concoct and craft my application for these different language versions to um, then serve out, right? Is that kind of like the, the basic concept here of the, work, the use case? Yes. Oh, if you are thin, you can use Google Translate if you don't want to pay for translators. But uh, yeah, that's, that's that doesn't stuff. work very well. <laughs> What, now, now Google Translate, that, I mean, that's something that's like, in that concept, you're going, OK, I have this existing site. I'm going to use Google Translate. It's going to use some JavaScript to kind of, uh, on the fly, change my text on my screen to provide this other language support that other people can come and, and get that without me as an architect having to do much for it. And yes, that's the solution, right? But the challenge there is many challenges, right? Is is a lot of your UI and your layout when you start getting into different languages. You know, it's things like you got a button that has short text in English, and that translated into German is really long, and now your layout breaks and everything. So you really need to have this ability for more than just this later at runtime translation to actually have this. Okay, I know I took this other language, I ran it, I built my app. I see it running in Angular in a dev cycle. I can identify that, hey, I need to also make some other adjustments there. So really, I mean, I guess that's the, the big advantage of what we're talking about here versus something as simple and quick as, as Google Translate, right? Another yeah. thing, um, another so thing like, I've used Google Translate before, and it uh, for my projects and in, like internationalization, and 
it creates like words that don't work right in the context oftentimes. So having like this internationalization, like out of the box, like these guys are talking about can really help you create a, a first class citizen for internationalization. Yes, using Google Translate was a joke. <laughs> but I think that you got it. Um, what's nice with uh, Angular ATN is that it's totally uh, integrated into the framework. So um, it uses the HTML uh, parser, and it also uh, uses the build tools uh, and GCLI. So at each step, um, this is integra integrated so that it's, it's simple for you to use it. And it creates uh, the most performant version uh, that you could get, uh, which could not be the case with external libraries, with, because they don't have uh, this access to uh, the compiler and stuff like that. So this, if I make you know a variety of different languages, say I want to support English, French, and German, can I actually like hot swap those out? Like I'm in the UI and I press a button and site just like magically change for me? Victor, <laughs> that one is for you. Yeah, so actually, no, you cannot um, change the language at runtime. Uh, so because actually, when we design the system, that's not the way uh, Google Apps usually works. So you would have to, like, you would have one binary per locale, right? And you would have to reload the binary. Uh, that being said, it might change in the future, but um, yeah, for now we don't really see the use case for doing dynamic translation, right? Like dynamic switching of the language. It's cool. That's a good enough use case, right? <laughs> yeah. So so maybe maybe it will change. Uh, that's something we have in mind because some people are asking for it, but it's like not one of the primary use case we, we have considered. So it might change. We will see. I mean, uh, we, we have it in mind. And if we do some modification, maybe we will uh, change the way it works today. But as of now, it's not possible. So you're talking multiple binaries, multiple builds for this. Then what's that look like from a standpoint of I have a domain name, right? And that's where my application is running. Um, and I'm targeting now these different languages. Like, what's the strategy there for how I deliver that? Uh, Olivier, you want to take this one? Um, I can. So you would uh, most likely use the router to switch um, from one language to another one. Uh, you use a different base pass. And uh, you can define the best path in your providers. And the idea is that uh, on your server side, you have uh, an Nginx, Nginx or, I don't know, uh, Apache or something that will uh, route your application to this different base path, depending on the local. So either you can use the, the URL by changing uh, slash uh, fr slash en and stuff like that. Or you can, uh, when the user uh, logs in for the first time, you can detect the browser language and redirect to the correct version. And so yes, right now uh, it will be a different uh, different application uh, built for this locale because uh, what the compiler does is replace inside of your templates 
uh, all of the, for example, you write your application in English and you just add the attribute ITN and when, when the application is compiled, it will replace the English text with whatever you provide. So French or Spanish or I don't And so we have to, since the compiler is not available at runtime, uh, when you use AOT, we have to build different versions of, of your application. OK, so this is something, this is an official scope package that's provided by some of the Angular packages, right, in the library that we can get and hold of. Like, can we get into the details of that? Like, how do we start using this sort of thing? So um, yes, so you add the attribute on your on your elements, and then um, once your application is ready, you can also provide um, IDs for elements. If you want to, um, for example, if you if you use the word hello at two different places and it would mean something different in two languages, you might want to use a different custom ID for one of the two elements. Uh, but otherwise, the ID will be auto-generated, and they take into account what uh, the uh, sentence is uh, when you wrote the application. And uh, it will, you will use um, ngxyitn, which is uh, a CLI tool that is inside compiler, compiler CLI. And uh, if you use uh, ng, uh, the CLI, ngCLI, uh, you would use just ng space xyatn to extract, um, but it's explained in the docs, so you can you can read this. Um, and then, so you extract your, it will extract uh, all of your elements, and create an XML file. You can choose the format between xleaf or xmb, which is what they use at Google. Uh, but they are both XML. Uh, there is no JSON for now. So um, do you have to, to use this, like it just like automatically starts working, or do I? Yeah, and then, then you just have to to provide the the translation when you build your application or when you load your application. You can do it at Bootstrap as well. So I don't have um, to like go through and like tokenize everything and like use pipes like a lot of the no. packages that we see today do. No, it just it just works. You ha you have to provide the translation, but then it will automatically load them and replacing your uh, your text in in all of your files. That sounds like some black magic if I've seen it. <laughs> so with the, with the extractions, um, uh, it does the extraction application wide, correct? Yes. And when you after you do your translations and you're uh, building with those new translations, does it still support lazy loading? Uh, so if you have or and the essentially the separate bundling. So you have only one translation file. So it will it will work if you uh, lazy load with the router, for example. Correct. Uh, and you give a pass and everything. If if um, if you use the CLI and and Webpack can build your application, then uh, the tool can find the translation. Get find the, the text to extract. I was just making sure that they that if you had lazy routes and then you decided that you wanted to localize your application to make it available in multiple languages, that you don't lose the ability to uh, use lazy routes. No, it will extract them, but you will only have one file. You cannot lazy load the translation for one module. You will load everything when you build your applications. 
yeah, that, that makes sense that they get separated uh, with the AOT bundles rather than um, changing the translations there. That's awesome. Yeah. So do we need to use the CLI in order to take advantage of this, or how does that work? Well, um, if you use the CLI, you have to use the CLI to extract because uh, when you do uh, a project with the CLI, you can use uh, SAS or um, some kind of well, a lot of plugins that you can use that won't be um, available to. Well, the, the extraction tool uses uh, NGC. Um, so if you cannot build your application without the CLI, then you cannot extract without the CLI. Uh, because the um, the compilation will fail uh, because it doesn't understand SAS files or stuff like that. But otherwise, um, if your application doesn't use uh, exotic things like this, well, I, I say exotic, but <laughs> a lot of people use use those. Uh, then you you can use um, the built-in CLI without uh, the ng CLI. That's a CLI. <laughs> So you mentioned SAS stuff and uh, CSS stuff. Like, is this? And you mentioned like, okay, it's finding token or finding these things, these IDs and stuff in the template. Can it reach into SAS and CSS stuff? Can we do things like uh, if we have a before or after pseudo element? Um, I don't think can't so. go that far. No. Okay. Uh, no, but that's something that I never thought about. Um, Okay, so we're talking like yeah. in in our templates or HTML for our markup for um, our Angular components and whatnot. That's where we're going to be putting this stuff because it's a it's an attribute, right? Not a directive. The I18n. Uh, yes, yes, it's an attribute that doesn't do anything except help for the translate for the extraction. What if I've got like dynamic text that I want to like swap out? How does that work? Like maybe I've got. Uh, let's say a status that comes back from the server and it might be completed, failed, or in progress. How would that work with this solution? That wouldn't work. <laughs> uh, that, that's one of the problem right now. It's that uh, it's, it has to be static because uh, we replace it at, at build time or at compile time uh, if you don't use EOT. So uh, it has to be available when you when you load your application, when you bootstrap it. And um, if you have dynamic stuff from the server, it won't work. But um, I'm working on using, uh, because right now it only works in the templates. And a lot of people want to use it in their code. So it makes sense that it's something that we provide. Um, so that's one of the things that I'm I'm going to work on uh, pretty soon, and we will be. Uh, it will be something that, well, it's it's not one hundred uh, certain yet, but it will be something that will probably be used at runtime. So if you have a way to know uh, the strings before uh, before the extraction, but then you want to do something dynamic, you can do it. Probably. Um, I don't That's know. Like a service or something could come into play, or like pipes or something like that later on down the road. Yeah, it, it just 
something that you have to add yourself in the translation. That's that's a problem. So what um, if I have an existing Angular application and I'm ready to start leveraging this? Do I have to bring in another package to to get to that, or is it part of the core Angular stuff? How do, how about that? Uh, it's part of uh, the compiler and. Uh, some parts are in core and some are in common. So you have um, the tokens, which you can use to provide the stuff. Uh, it's in core. And the, um, uh, the pipes are in common. And everything else is in the compiler and the compiler CLI. So you don't need another package to use it. Okay, so it's really then just about the the build process and and you know starting to how how you're going to integrate that whether you're using the CLI and can take advantage of that or or you're on your own and you have to call NGC or whatnot on your own. Very cool, very cool. How does this uh, compare to um, existing libraries like NGX Translate and and stuff like that? Like, how are we going to pick and choose? So the main difference is that. Um... It's integrated into into the into the core, so uh, you can do stuff like replacing inside of templates and add static text. So this is much more performant because with external libraries, it's only at runtime, and then you need to to have either pipes or di directives or stuff like that, and it will um, take some time when your when your views are created. Um, the other difference is that usually with libraries, you can change the language at runtime, which is not possible with Angular. Um, and uh, with libraries, um, what would be the other differences? Uh, you can usually use it in your code, but this is something that's coming for Angular. So um, I would say that uh, once we are done with uh, the list of features that we have uh, to do. Uh, the only reason that I can see to use an external, li external library would be to uh, be able to switch the language at runtime. Uh, but usually, when when you go on a website and you choose the language, you usually change the language when you start, and then you don't touch uh, you don't touch it because it's in your language. So. Um, I'm not sure if this is really an issue uh, to have to reload the application to change the language. Um, I can understand that this is inconvenient uh, for some applications. If you can only choose a language in, in your parameters, for example, and then you have to reload the application and you lose the state, um, this can be a bit a pain for the developer because they have to retain the state somehow. But other than that, um, yeah. I wonder if maybe some of these external libraries might pivot and trying to fill that gap of the dynamic translation, whereas this stuff that's built in can handle the static stuff, and then these other, you know, could maybe do that. Yeah, um, that's definitely something that I want to do with NGX Translate, which I developed as well, um, but. Uh, we have to open the API before we can do that. And uh, if we open the API, we would be able to uh, maybe add other um, 
formats, for example, for translations. Uh, NGX Translate uses JSON, and a lot of people like JSON over XML, <laughs> which I can understand. XML is very good for uh, tools. If you if you use uh, professional tools for your translations, then it's usually better to have XML because uh, it's, it's a language that, that was made for computers. What kind of uh, professional tools is this compatible with on that same subject? Yeah. If, if you use JSON, usually it won't work in, in those kind of tools, but you do the translation yourself by hand. If you have a small application, uh, JSON is nice. So, what are some, uh, uh, but what are some of the tools like that you guys are testing with or built this around that are professional tools that this will work with just out of the box? Yeah, so I've tested a few. Um, I've tested uh, Text United, uh, which works well with, well with XMB. Um, PO Editor. Uh, works with XLIF, and it doesn't take everything into account. So I wouldn't use this one unless they changed it since the last time I tried it. Um, I tried one Sky app uh, and web translate it and Crudin. Uh, Crudin and OneSky are two very complete solutions that usually work really well with XLIF. And one sky even has uh, a free tier because all of the other one uh, you have to pay for. But uh, one sky has a free free stuff. You can if you do the translation yourself, it's free. Uh, you only pay if you want to use professional translators or uh, have some kind of features for your team and stuff like that. And Crudin is uh, really complete. If you have an open source project, it's free, uh, which is nice as well. So that the three that I would recommend are Text United, Crudin, and OneSky. But yeah, I think we really need a tool that uh, that would be targeting Angular because uh, we do uh, we do include some kind of markup. We can you can use markup in your translations. Uh, it will be replaced and uh, when you when you build your application, so it will work. Um, most of those tools don't don't uh, don't work well with markup. Is there any plans for Google to whip up an Electron app or something like that to uh, uh, help <laughs> out? No, I, I think that's something that uh, Google has always been uh, willing to work with people who want to develop these kind of things uh, and to help them, but. There you and go. It's not something that they want to do. Um, yeah. There you go, people. If you're interested in helping <laughs> this, a awesome Electron app that will let you have your translators build translations is how you can help. <laughs> That's built yeah. in Angular. I, I know yeah, a of course. who would be interested in working on this, um, like Rezus Rodriguez, which you might know is uh, working on the duck team, uh, myself as well, maybe, but only on my spare time. So if if someone is willing to do this, I'm sure we can find people to work on it as well. Um, 
<laughs> I might say that it's even something that you could sell, probably, because I'm sure that a lot of um, companies would be interested in a tool that that's targeting Angular and that understand the application. And maybe you can have a preview of your of your code with your translation and stuff like that, uh, which you cannot do with generic tools. Um, I'm going to start starter after this. That, that might be really interesting, a, a tool that not only allows you to translate, right, but also you could see those components where that thing's going to be used at. Uh, so you could get this illustration of, OK, if I translate this text, it's going to be on this button. What's that UI going to look like? Yeah, I, I think you. I was thinking at the time to do something like that. Um, even uh, maybe a Chrome plugin that you could use, and when you're on your website on the on your dev server, you could uh, use it to see your translation, or maybe see when you forgot to translate something and stuff like that. There's a lot of things that you can do with um, with the um, development version uh, of uh, the development mode of Angular. Uh, when you see that Augury can get a lot of information, um, I'm sure you can do something like that. But you mentioned earlier, so the other thing I'd love to be able to see from a tooling perspective is the idea of maybe providing a screenshot to the translator so they can get the necessary um, context. Yeah. Another thing that, that, that I have not found uh, that is not available right now that you could do if you're looking for ideas for projects. We should rename this show to like Startup. <laughs> <laughs> Spark. Angular Spark. Yeah, all right. So um, do you happen to have anything that maybe you could show us, kind of get an example of how we would start using this sort of stuff, kind of get a feel for it? So I have a demo project um, that people can use. Um, that's what I I use that uh, ng-conf uh, to show how we can use translation with Angular. So let me start the application. Uh, let's see. I don't know what state is this demo project in because <laughs> I'm using it a lot to test that. But, uh, let's see. Uh, share screen. OK. Uh, maybe increase the font size. OK, so uh, you can see that you just have to, to write your text in English or whatever language you use. And then you, you just add the attribute. Um, and then uh, this project uses the CLI. So let's start this. Okay. So I created, uh, this is uh, available on GitHub. I, I can give you the link. Um, I created a few, um, a few commands that you can use uh, to extract um the merge stuff and migration stuff is what I'm working on right now. So this is not available, but the other part are. So if you use uh extraction, for example, uh this will extract um as you can see 
those two things uh, and create a file inside of ATN. Uh, nice. Okay. And then um, I've used a, an open source uh, project which is named Xleaf Merge, uh, which I usually run after the extraction to uh, create uh, translate um, translation file in other languages that I want to use. Uh, in this case, uh, French. So there is a small configuration file. Here. Olivia, can you bump? Yeah, bump the file up a little yeah. bit more too. Thanks. Perfect. So. Uh, you can see uh, on on the GitHub page uh, what are the, the options for, but in my case, I'm just saying that I want to use English and French. And at the end of the extraction, uh, it will create, uh, so in this case, this is XMB, it will create two files, source.xmb, uh, which is this one. Um, and it will also create uh, the French translation. So let's see. Let's scan this one before we extract. Let's see better. Uh, oh, this one uses XLIF. Okay. So this created the source in XLIF, and the same translation file in French as well. Um, this is XML, so this is a, a bit hard to read, but uh, important part is uh, it uses an ID, it has a source, and in the translation, you will have this ID with the source and the target, which is the important part. And when you want to add your translation, you would use, uh, you would write it in the target. <coughs> And you mentioned, did you mention that we could use markup in here as well? Yeah, so um, not you, you cannot add markup, but if you have markup in your application, uh, for example, if you have, I don't know, uh, some uh, component, MD something, MD test, um, I don't even know what other name in <laughs> material design, but uh, something like that with uh, the name of your tags, which would be, uh, I don't know. Uh, this will extract everything inside each one. Uh, so you would have, uh, well, let's see, you can run the extraction tool. Uh, you will have uh, the first part, and then the markup will be replaced with a placeholder. So you can see. So this is my MD tab, and you have the text in the middle. Uh, this is a bit long, but um, and if your translator wanna use this and maybe move around some of the the markup, you can do it uh, in the translation part. So you could put this as a start if you want. Uh, I don't know, and. And then it will work as well uh, when you load your application in, in French uh, with the markup that you moved uh, will be moved in your in your application as well. So this so that, is cool. That's yeah. like crazy and awesome at the same time, right? I mean, <laughs> there's certainly a need. You can see the need for that, right? Especially when we start to translate stuff and, and the flow of things. I mean, it, it just different languages is going to need have different 
cases, right? You want to be able to support that. But at the same time, you could be <laughs> having somebody who's translating it altering your UI, which is crazy, right? Yeah. But you have to have a translator who will understand this kind of markup. Um, they have to have tools that let them see this market because a lot of uh, tools that I tried just remove the markup in your translation. And then you load your application in, in the translated language and all of this markup disappeared. <laughs> uh, or maybe they, they just replace the markup with a space or some kind of uh, tabulation or something that you you don't really see in the UI and then you remove it and it removes the markup. So that's why it's important to have good tools and probably to check the translation that you receive. Um, we didn't get to see it running. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so let's again. Okay. And I also want to ask about that code that you had in there in the constructor with some injection stuff in there. Uh, maybe we can talk about that too. Yeah, I, I'm sure the translators will love Markdown in your in the translation files. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to to update the XML file yourself. You're supposed to use a tool to do that. Um, but you can you can do it if you have a, a small application. But when you start to have uh, a lot of out of stuff, for example, uh, let's see, I have a project here um, with really big files uh, with a lot of markup. This becomes uh, really hard to do it yourself. And when you extract, you replace your, well, usually it replaces your, your files. So you will lose your translations. Uh, if you you have to copy everything from the the, the source to the translation translated part, so that's why I, I'm using this uh, XLIF merge project, which will really merge your translation when you update your, your code, which is really cool. Uh, so yeah, let's see. And then so you have uh, if you want to use uh, this French uh, version. You can use uh, BL French, I guess. Um, and then you would, it would create the this file for uh, this language. And then you would use um, something to serve your application. In my case, I, I created a small, ah! Damn it. Ah, yeah, because I'm using markup that doesn't exist. Oh, or because I'm using, uh, I don't know, old version of the modules. Yeah, because I was, I was trying my code the other day. Uh, let's see, okay. So anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, then you're loading your application uh, with, your, with your server, or you can try it in development mode, maybe. Uh, Did you make a sacrifice to the demo gods today? No, that's why. Uh, NG. So. Victor, you're being awful quiet. 
And I am just happy that I'm not doing the demo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I did not really prepare the demo, that's why. I'm sorry. Oh, please don't fail. Then it's because I'm using MD tabs and there is no MD tabs in my application. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, why. You said that works. <laughs> uh, it works if you're using uh, markup that exists. <laughs> if you're using components that doesn't exist, but what can I? Uh, I can add something like bold if you want. Um, you can add. An, oops, sorry. You can add some interpolation, for example, also. Yes. Um, uh, you can use this. Um, Maybe a panda emoji? Does that work? No, I don't know the code for the panda emoji. Uh, yes, for the to close the markup. I think it's like colon sad panda colon. <laughs> Ouch. Olivia, you don't have this memorized by now? Uh, no. I don't I don't want to steal your emoji, so I try not to learn it. Uh, because I would I would use it all the time otherwise. So okay, we need to translate. Something like that. And then uh, so French. And then I will need to use ah, what can you resolve? <sighs> Compiler. What's it? Nice. Bet he never offers to do a demo again. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe I should just prepare the demo the next time. Or maybe without the markup in it, we can go simple here. I think it's something to do with my uh, modules because I npm linked stuff before, so it's probably something like that. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. Let's see. I'm so, gonna make what's the uh, what's the code that you had there in the component, like the injected code and stuff like that? Is there something going on there, or with the uh, length and everything? Which, which part? So, like on line twenty and in the constructor, like is that anything that has to do with this? IAT yeah. Uh, so this is something that I use in my demo project to show that you can. Um, you can redirect your application uh, to the language, and then if you have uh, the base pass in you in the URL, it will just stay on this on this pass and not redirect your application. Uh, and would that be the strategy that we'd want to take in terms of building our applications out like that? Because I did have a question about that. Like, if if we're sitting here and we're saying, okay, we're going to do this slash fr slash en or whatnot into our Angular application architecture, um, I guess we're going to need to think about like how we incorporate that into our base href and how we design Because we're going to have this one app source right, that we're then building for these different languages. 
And so we want the whole thing to support this sub navigation. Well, Is that correct? I think the best thing to do would be to use Angular um, server side to serve your application in, in, in another language, but it's still something that is a bit um, under investigation. Well, I wouldn't say under investigation, but um, I haven't seen a real project using it right now. Like, so really, the concept would be then we would have something server-side that's going, OK, it's handling these routes or this, these pathing and serving up almost like a, another index file that would do the bootstrap of that particular rev of that Angular app, of our existing Angular app in that language, right? Yeah. And then you would just uh, put your application to the right version, and then you would, oh, I know what this was. What was I've also seen some people uh, um, handle some localities or some localizations through the environment file as well. Uh, so you can define different environments uh, that could all be for production or development, um, but use an environment file to store maybe some language specific information. Yeah, definitely something that you you could do. So what's on the so while we're working on that, what's on the roadmap for this project? You know, when are we? Is it is it out yet? When are, when do we expect it to be out? If not, and what you know, what's on the horizon for it? Victor, do you want to take this one? Um, I, I think you can. Olivier, um, you are the the best person to talk about it. <laughs> you are many people it. I, I'm just. Uh, um, so I'm just. I will just talk about what I'm doing a little bit. So now I'm, I'm working more on the compiler side, and we want to make AOT easier to use, right? So we are um, rethinking uh, the architecture of the AOT compiler. So this might have some impact on the system, but basically it will, uh, it will work the same. Uh, meaning that uh, you will still be able to add some markup to your HTML file, to your templates, and they, they will get translated. So, I mean, uh, the usage will stay the same. Uh, the thing we are working on with Olivier is uh, being able to translate the source code, right? Because as of today, as we, as we said, we can only add markup to the template files, and they will get translated, but there is no way uh, to translate a string that would be in your uh, TypeScript code. So this will be a, a major change. And uh, Olivier is also working on uh, on some different stuff. Um, so we mainly talked about translating templates here. But IETNN is uh, also used for like date localization and number localization, right? And maybe Olivier, if you want to talk more about it, because that's something you are working on? Yeah. Um, so this is a big feature that will be coming soon. Um, I don't know when I will be done, but I'm hoping to do it for B5, uh, which will be um, rewriting all of the IETN pipes. Because right now, we're using uh, something called, called IMTL API which is an API of internationalization included in all browsers. But uh, it's uh, really 
uh, new API and the browsers don't support everything or sometimes they don't support it at all, like um, old version of Safari and stuff like that. So you have to use a polyfill and then you have uh, some implementations that are missing in this API. You cannot get, for example, um, uh, the aim or PM part of a date, or you cannot uh, use some formats that are not available in this API. So what I'm doing right now is removing this API and creating uh, about the same thing that we used in AngularJS before, uh, which are local files for every local. Um, to do that, we extract uh, local data from something co called the Unicode CLDR project, which contains local information for all the languages, uh, something like almost 600 languages. Um, so we will create files for each local, and then you will uh, need to load those local, the one that you want to use in your application, uh, which is um, something that you did not have to do with Intel, but with the Intel API. But it's still better than having something that doesn't work, <laughs> I think. Uh, so what I did for this PR is uh, create the extraction tool for all of this data, uh, create all of these new local files. And now I'm working on rewriting the pipes uh, and the, mo the pipes that is uh, the most change is the date pipe. Uh, we will have a lot of new format available and options. And we can even, well, I'm not sure yet, but we should be able to use to choose the local uh, just for one pipe. Uh, I need to talk to Victor about this uh, before I announce stuff. Uh, but um, and we will be. But one thing that will be really nice is that uh, all of this local file will be available to anyone who wants to write a library, for example. If you want to use um, local months and days for your calendar that you're writing. Uh, this will be available, and it's something that I think uh, could be interesting to a lot of people. Uh, because right now, you would have to use an external library, and um, this would not be included in Angular. Uh, and you would have to make it work, and it will add a lot of maybe uh, stuff that you don't need. So this would it would be a lot better to have it included in Angular. So this is a, a big rewrite that I'm doing right now, uh, rewriting all of the IATN pipes. And uh, some of the stuff that we are doing, um, we are working on a migration tool because we need to break some stuff. So um, we had um, a design that was a bit different between different between the um, all of the format xdiff xmb uh, and the generation of the id was different between all of these versions all of these formats and also uh, we had some bugs uh, in this generation so uh, i'm working uh, on a migration tool that will just take your files your existing files and update all of the id so that you don't have to do it yourself um, it takes a lot of 
<laughs> work to do something like that, uh, more work than I than I wanted to spend on it. But um, we are trying really hard to don't break, to not break all of your applications, or at least to make the migration really easy for you. Uh, so we spend a lot of time on this. Um, and what are the other things? Well, a lot of bug fix, um, adding some missing features, uh, which could be some markup missing in the XML or stuff like that. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> well, definitely uh, people need to check this stuff out, uh, get on it. Would you recommend, I mean, is this something that people should be thinking about as they start an application, uh, get this translation stuff in there, or um, maybe start light, something like Mike was um, talking about in terms of maybe rolling with just some light environment setting translations first and then dive into this? Or is it really just as easy as, hey, let me just start using it from the get-go? Well, uh, if you only need to translate your templates, you should definitely use this. Uh, if you need translation in your code, um, this might not be the solution for you now, but it will be very soon. So um, if, if it's something that you need and you can wait a bit, it would be nice to wait, uh, to wait for it. But um, you can also maybe use something for your code and something for your templates. I don't know. Uh, it, it really depends on what you want to do. Um, yeah, there are a lot of solutions that exist. Uh, NGX, library, uh, NGX Translate is one of them. But you can also use uh, libraries that are not for Angular that will work for you, uh, like Clojure, for example. Um, it really depends on your needs. Yeah, the, one of the things is like it's it's really like uh, when you translate a template, you are really it's as if you would rewrite your HTML template, right? So it means that there is no performance impact. Uh, like a localized version would be as fast as the original version. So I mean, you can use it; it will not uh, impact the performance. So I mean, it's it's really fast, and it it will not. Uh, yeah, it, it has no cost to do it. So you, you can use it from the get-go, yeah, I would say. Yeah. And once it's set up, it's really easy to use as well. So this is nice. You don't, you're, you're not um, adding stuff to your templates that will be hard to, to change, uh, like specific markups, uh, pipes, or stuff like that. Um, that will complicate your application. So this is really nice um, to use. This, this version for ITM. Yeah, those are some of the things that I like that are appealing to me about it are the fact that it's like a build time thing, right? So you get that performance that you're talking about. It's uh, something that's in the core platform there. So I'm not taking another dependency on and delivering more bits to the client to do. So um, definitely feels like a, a pretty sweet solution. And the stuff that's coming down the pipe sounds pretty cool. So definitely cool. Yeah. I mean, if, if have... oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, just if you have uh, specific needs that we don't cover yet and that we didn't talk about, uh, you can. There is a GitHub issue on GitHub <laughs> and the Angular repository where I list uh, all of the things that are coming. Um, and if you want to add ideas, uh, I'm always listening. Awesome. So, there you heard it. Request and features. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying that I will do it, but. 
if it's reasonable and it's something that could be nice, uh, it could be added to the to the list. All right, cool. Well, uh, top of the hour. Let's wrap it up. I'm gonna do some picks and then we'll uh, get out of here. Before we do that, uh, Victor, what's that? Uh, what's that shirt you're wearing? Um, I don't know. It's Angular Playground, right? So. I don't know exactly what it is, to be honest with you, but uh, it's certainly great, so you should check it out. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. I think it's worth checking out, definitely. Yeah. Are you aware of what that is, Justin? Just, just a little bit, little bit. So um, I built that playground for Angular back uh, my previous company I worked with, uh, oh. SoCreate. We were uh, working on a solution, so we kind of brain worked it together and figured out this thing, and then it crafted it. Uh, for working components and, and uh, directives and pipes in isolation. So you can uh, add that to your project and start working on these things outside of your application. So that's our neat little logo our, the designer came up with and the team came up with. It's pretty awesome. So good to see that on there. <laughs> that sounds like a future episode. <laughs> yeah, you know, we keep talking about that. We need to, we need to make one about that for sure. Um, all right, let's get to picks. Mike, what do you got? I got two. Uh, one is a little bit uh, outdated. I'm definitely behind the times, but I just finished uh, Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. Excellent, excellent book. Um, and there's actually a movie planned for next year. So if you're one of those people who like to read the book uh, before seeing a movie, uh, get out there, check it out uh, in the next year or so. My other pick is actually a blog post that uh, came out yesterday. It's called Using NGRX Stored Dev Tools with the Angular CLI. Um, another plug for you, Justin, uh, written by you. Uh, definitely go and check that out. Uh, definitely a good story about how to use the dev tools for NGRX with the CLI. All right. Thanks, Mike. A little embarrassed. Okay. Uh, Austin, what's going on? Austin, do you have any picks? Yeah, I got a few for everyone. Uh, NGConf was announced for next year, so be watching out for that. That will be, uh, you want to stay on and make sure you get a ticket, uh, the, big, the big conference there. Webpack 3.0 came out, so I am going to be updating my Webpack config today. I'll let you guys know how it goes. Um, a very interesting post came out last week uh, about developers who use spaces are paid more than those who use tabs. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I'm a big space user. I don't know if anyone on here is tabs. Uh, uh, of course, of course, I use TypeScript. Uh, <laughs> uh, TypeScript 2.4 uh, RC was announced. So uh, if you're on the VS Code Insider builds, that is already running though, so you can start seeing all the new goodness there. And then my final one, and it's a shame that Alyssa is not here. I just found this uh, before the show. There's a project called Decaffeinate, which well, basically, is a build tool to get rid of your CoffeeScript and make awesome native modern JavaScript. So that that is epic. We kind of have this uh, CoffeeScript battle thing going on every once in a while on the on the show. So there you go. Cool. All right, my pick is uh, Austin here joining the Material team. Austin, why don't you tell us a little bit about that real quick? Yeah, so um, I am joining the material team part-time to kind of uh, help out uh, in some of their, uh, I got my first PR in yesterday, so that was pretty exciting. 
uh, got that merged. And um, right now I'm, I'm focusing on uh, helping out with some of the documentation. So get ready for a lot more examples and things like that. And also they want me to kind of help out with this thing called a data table. So, <laughs> so something you know a little bit about. That's cool. All right. Well, Olivier, Victor, thanks a ton for joining us, coming on, talking about this, demoing this stuff. I uh, really appreciate your time and being here. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, and everybody have a good one. We will catch everybody next week. See you later. Thanks, bye.